Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the TSG Podcast. Just a huge disclaimer before we begin that all content produced on this channel is for education and entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Surrounding Game Investing Podcast. I'm with my co-host today, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm doing really good. That that last recording that we did, you know, web one, two, three, five. Where's four? Who knows? <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, um, we're going to I think what we're talking about today might piggyback on some of the ideas that of that. But it's going to be very indirect, I feel like. And the idea is that social media today, social media has been evolving fast. I mean, I remember what, 20 something years ago, uh, we had MySpace. No, not 20 something. That can't be right. Is it 20 something years ago that MySpace was a thing? Uh, and then before that, it was like AOL Instant I think Messenger. It was. Wow. So AOL Instant Messenger was before the MySpace thing. And then there's something before that, which I don't remember whatsoever. So uh, you might, but I, I, I really don't remember. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're old, Sean. Okay. I'm not saying that you're old, but, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 that's as far as I can remember. I remember when, you know, internet was dial up modem and that you had the internet noise that, you know, that noise. And so, and the reason why I bring this up because it's social media has been crazily evolving fast. I mean, in episode one of our podcast series, we talked about the metaverse. I mean, back then it was instant message. And then now it's that metaverse where we're instilling our minds, our, our, our avatars into this digital world and we're walking around. And, and that's super crazy to me. So what is going on in the social media right now? More specifically, what is going on with TikTok, with Instagram, with Snapchat? And why is this becoming more of an issue for users today? Is it an issue? So I think the issue is that a lot of these platforms uh, just feel like they have to copy each other. Mm. If you So a lot of these systems, uh, when you build out a new system that gets a ton of users, you build an app mm -hmm. like Instagram, mm -hmm. everyone starts using it because they want to share photos with their friends. Mm -hmm. And after a, so for a while, you're growing, your user base is just exploding exponentially and you're stoked. You're making all kinds of money. Um, but at some point it's levels off and you're not getting new users. Mm -hmm. And then you look over at some other system like Snapchat and mm -hmm. they're growing mm -hmm. and they're getting all these users and all these people who aren't using Instagram are using Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And so Instagram looks at that and thinks, well, we need to copy that. We want the user growth. Mm -hmm. so we need to create these Instagram stories that are that are creating the user experience that people are getting from Snapchat. Um, and so what ends up happening is YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and all these social media things, mm -hmm. they just copy each other and they converge into all trying to do the same thing because they're all trying to fight over the same users. Well, even podcasts, I, I would imagine too. <laughs> not not meaning to bag on the the. I'm not bagging on it, but I'm also including podcasts into that social media platform because we've seen an exponential growth in podcasting too. 
Mm-hmm. And is it really that the users who aren't using Instagram are going to TikTok, or is it people who are, are also using Instagram see a potential for bigger growth in TikTok, and they're just doing it those at the same time? Well, right? you could only use one at a time. Really? And a lot of the like in a literal time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, you can have okay, both of okay. them installed on your phone, but you can only be in the process of using one, oh. and people will use the one that they enjoy using the most. Yes. And so TikTok is the hot one right now. Everyone's using that. They're enjoying all these short videos and Mm -hmm. especially the algorithm that is really good at finding the videos that you will enjoy. Uh You can just sit there and stare at your phone and you'll get just a string of short videos that are super entertaining to you because the algorithm figured out how to pick your favorite videos. Now, now, not meaning to sidetrack, but there was a Netflix documentary. I, I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head that kind of went into the idea of what the algorithm is doing and how it's actually manipulating the way yeah, that I we think, think it, right? The social dilemma. Is it the social? Yes, the social I dilemma. The that's social that's dilemma. it. Yes. Yeah. That is scary. That is, that is, you know, so much psychology goes into just these algorithm in in essence that's essentially what marketing is mm-hmm. right i mean take a look i know we talked about this in the past but take a look at coca-cola warren buffett's biggest uh, one of his biggest investments coca-cola used psychology in their marketing in their commercial to connect the idea of happiness to their product and they've been so successful at that that people want to buy coca-cola right they're yep. they're selling about 1.6 billion cans, maybe about 2 billion cans today, every single day, right? I mean, it, it's such an enormous um, psycho- psychological attachment that, that it, it's brilliant. And I think when people are de- de- designing these basic algorithms, they're also taking into account that psychological aspect of marketing. And... So not meaning to interrupt, but th- that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's like a lot of these social platforms. And I think the reason why that we do see many of these platforms blooming, so to speak, evolving and, and just creating new platforms is because, you know, the market has been so saturated and people want to be, I, I feel like different. And so they don't want to be an Instagram person. They want to be a TikTok person now. And so a lot of people are now transitioning to TikTok where they have the better chance of, you know, making an impact or making influence or, you know, just less crowded area. Right. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, well, there was a lot there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, there's the idea of it being less crowded, but also mm-hmm. the idea of you, you could be more likely to find your audience even in more crowded area because TikTok <clears throat> might be better at, well, two reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, TikTok is better at finding what people will like. Mm-hmm. And so if you make something, it's almost like there's a better chance that you're going to be seen by the people that will enjoy it the most. Hmm. Um, there's also the l- shortness of the video hmm. the fact that they limit the video means that more people are going to see more things and mm-hmm. so you have a better chance of getting out there mm-hmm. if i put up a youtube video the people on youtube might be watching a 30 or 40 minute video mm-hmm. 
And so they're less likely to stumble across mine because they're not flipping through a ton of videos. Well, so this plays with the idea of attention span, doesn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if I, I believe TikTok's limit on their minute, I, I don't use TikTok, but I think it's like one minute maximum, 15 minute, 15 seconds uh, minimum, something like that. I think. Or is it 15 I, seconds maximum? I can't recall how long a TikTok video can be anymore. Uh, I remember I think they it might have a, expanded it to three minutes. Is it maximum. three minutes now? Okay. So they've expanded it. So, yeah. um, and we're seeing that. It, we're seeing that a lot today is that our attention span my mine you know my attention i can only speak from my own experience but my attention span is is only a couple seconds to a couple minutes long depending on the subject right uh if it's a really interesting subject i can really focus for about maybe five ten minutes but if it's something that i have no clue that w- what we're talking about my attention span is about 30 seconds to a minute long because i it just goes over my head and so just being able to build a platform that only does you know a couple minutes of information at a time i think that's really helpful um just to grab the user's attention there's a website called hacker news and they had a post about how uh instagram is shifting to videos and basically copying uh tiktok and Mm -hmm. one of the top comments pointed out how in silicon valley a lot of what they call tech quote unquote, is actually just ads with social content. Yes, I agree. They, so a lot of these companies are just creating a vehicle for advertising yes. with social content as a way to get people in. Yes. And the fierce competition over that space, it's getting too fierce. Yes. And a lot of these companies are uh, making their users angry because they're so busy chasing growth in yes. that area yes absolutely 100 percent um i i i that's what i noticed in my space right so going back to the myspace realm the reason why i stopped going on myspace was because i just kept seeing a whole ton of advertisements on it and so i personally went from myspace to facebook and now when we look at Facebook, Facebook is all ads as well. So I go from Facebook to Instagram at the time. And now Instagram is all of these, like you look on your, you know, your real, your, your search uh, homepage. And now I'm seeing all these advertisements rather than my friend's content. And, you know, sometimes I just want to know what my friends are up to. But with all these ads here, I'm like, I don't know who this is. And it's like mm-hmm. sponsored on the front. And so every time I would have to click hide ad or don't show me this ad anymore. And it's getting bothersome. It's, it's, it's really getting irritating for me uh, as a user on Instagram. So I don't know if that's what you also see, but I totally agree that majority of these companies are now going more and more towards ad space. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why people get deterred from these uh, platforms is because they're looking for an area where they don't feel like they're targeted. They want to go into the new area where no one's heard about before so that they can have their own social interaction without feeling like, Hey, there's a billboard in front of my face every single second. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, I think that that's what happened to Snapchat, Instagram. I mean, Snapchat, I mean, it's really hard. I, I never use Snapchat, but I would think that's really hard to do advertisements in Snapchat when it's direct 
I think it's like something like direct messaging to your friends only. Mm-hmm. Um, and Facebook used to be like that, but now they have like ad revenues and marketplaces and all of that. And so I, I agree with that, with that uh, website, Hacker News, that, yeah, it's becoming more of a uh, marketing uh, platform rather than a social platform. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was, I think I shared uh, this video earlier today with you where they were talking about uh, this Twitter exchange. Uh, the, the CEO of Instagram was trying to defend some of their recent uh, activities. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, everyone wants to see their friends content and, and not see all these videos, but mm-hmm. we're posting these videos because that's where the growth is. Mm-hmm. And someone responded to him and said, what if I don't care about your growth? Mm. And I think that, I mean, that opens up a whole conversation where something that I've been thinking for years now is the idea that something like Facebook mm-hmm. or some kind of social media system should actually be based on either a government utility or a nonprofit system mm-hmm. where the goal would be to keep it the same. So something like, so a nonprofit example would be Wikipedia, mm-hmm. where Wikipedia is not changing the way it does things in dramatic ways because Wikipedia is good. Mm-hmm. They made this good thing and they don't need user growth. What the world needs is for them to keep doing what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. And so that is a better fit for a nonprofit. Uh, a government utility could be an example of like a power company or a the post office Mm -hmm. the post office allows us to communicate their goal is not to make profit um there are people who earn a living Mm -hmm. by facilitating the post office but it's not their job to do user growth Mm -hmm. so when i look at something like facebook you know some platform where i'm going to interact with my friends and family i wanted to just do that and maybe some of these businesses need to be transformed into that, or maybe we need to build a separate platform that's not a business at all. Mm. Or a business, you know, there are businesses that just make a, you know, a modest profit and just keep going. You know, like a, a grocery store has mm. pretty much maxed out its user growth in the United States, but it can keep going because it can still be profitable mm-hmm. just in a, not in this explosive growth type of way. Hmm. Well, I think that a lot of times when you do have a private company, right, and they see an increase in users, user uh, subscription, I think a lot of times when you're in the management position, you know, you, you're going to bring in all these experts and a lot of times they're in business and so the idea is like, hey, you know, we have, you know, for instance, the beginning of Facebook. I, I don't know their story uh, too well, but I would imagine, hypothetically speaking, that this is what occurred in the room. It's like, hey, you know, we have 10 million users now on Facebook, uh, but we need to find a way to live off of this. And this could be what they talked about. Again, I don't know. Again, hypothetical. Uh, mm-hmm. And so how do I be a full-time Facebook 
person rather than having to work a job and do Facebook on the side. So I would imagine the talk would be like, well, we have 10 million free users right now. Why don't we just run a very cheap ad so that it pays enough for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe they run an ad one time every hour or so, and that brings in enough revenue to pay 10 employees for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they constantly do it for a whole year. And I think that what happens is that they're like, okay, well, why don't we do instead of one ad per hour, let's do two ads per hour and see if user retention stays or does it leave. And when they do two, two ads per hour, they still see growth in use rate. And so I think what's happening is that they keep pushing and pushing and pushing the boundaries or the borderline uh, of how much they can essentially charge for uh, in relation to growth itself. And I think that's how these, you know, uh, uh, fascinating original ideas first happen uh, to become more um, business oriented and market oriented, so to speak. At least I'm extrapolating. Again, I have no concrete evidence of this, but I would imagine that that is what's going on in the background. That makes sense to me. Like, hey, you know, we got to find a way to just pay for the current administration. Okay, well, now that we see growth and we can project that to the future, what happens if we just go more, just a little bit more? Maybe we have to hire three more people to manage the marketing, but let's hire three more people and let's just charge a, a little bit more to pay for those. Oh, wow, we can really get a lot out of this. We have data now. We can sell it to other companies. All right, let's charge a little bit more. And it, it just snowballs from there. I mean, back then, you know, Facebook was nonprofit. There was nothing. It was developed in a college uh, dormitory, so to speak, right? And mm-hmm. and it just grew from there. And it didn't really become irritating. Uh, and I'm not saying Facebook is bad, but I'm just saying the, the marketing in terms of ads and all of that, I, I didn't really see a lot of that until like 10 years ago, right? And I've had a Facebook account for however many years. I still use Facebook. Don't get me wrong. I still like the platform. But it's, it's, I don't use it as often because I see a lot more ads nowadays. That's my two cents. Mm-hmm. But in, in my trying to develop a story on why this would happen, that to me makes the most sense. So again, if you have a different hypo, uh, hypothetical, let me know um, on why you think these private equities or private companies originally went public and then you know, transition from a social non-profit platform to a profit-based platform? Um, they probably, a lot of them wanted profit from the get-go. Mm. Um, it could and be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, this, just the pull of profit, you know, mm. it's, it's money. If there's a way to make big money, then you're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. But it becomes one of those situations where I guess you could call it like a market failure or something like that, where um, people are were getting a good service and then the service gets worse mm-hmm. because of the pursuit of additional profits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's the issue of business growth. Different mm-hmm. businesses have a different vision of how much they're going to grow Mm -hmm. and tech companies uh, almost all of them tend to seek very aggressive growth 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few exceptions. There's an interesting one called Base Camp, where uh, these guys uh, built a an internet company in Silicon Valley, but then they decided we don't want excessive growth. We just want, you know, a modest amount of growth, but we also want to be able to um, sort of do what we want, have a certain level of control and not be beholden to the, the things that we would have to do to get exponential growth. And so they, uh, they ended up getting bought out by Jeff Bezos and he just owns the company and the company is not, they're growing modestly, but not aggressively. Um, but that's a pretty rare situation. Pretty much mm-hmm. all the Silicon Valley companies are trying to become what they call unicorns, which is a billion dollar valuation mm-hmm. and trying to IPO and become public. Hmm. Interesting. So with the idea of making a profit and let's, let's connect it back to just the idea of marketing in general, you know, we're still seeing growth in these sectors, you know, and the only way that we can see growth is if the consumer purchase these products, right? So take for Amazon, for instance, if, you know, if you didn't have people that want these products, uh, for instance, then we're going to have a decline in growth, but because we're seeing the increase in growth, and we're seeing the increase in marketing. We're seeing the increase in uh, revenue for these different companies. Are are we at fault then for the increase in marketing? Because let's take it from a business side perspective. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the other uh, table right here. It's like, hey, I have a product that I firmly believe that's going to be beneficial to people, and I need to get the name out there. Right now, no one knows who I am. And so I'm going to pay for ad revenue or ad space on Facebook, on Amazon or whatever. I want to get sponsored because this product will change people's lives. And then when they use this product, they write a review for me. It's like, hey, your product changed my life. This is so easy. You know, I can't believe I paid, you know, $20 for this product. It's such a cheap value. You know, you as a business person who developed this one product, that's a good thing that I'm doing for my community right? And I'm being profitable from it. And so that's the, mm-hmm. that's, I could see someone taking that argument, be like, well, I need to do marketing. And, and so without marketing, people won't know. And without people knowing they're going to be at a disadvantage because my product will help save lives or help save time, help save something. It's going to provide a service to people. So is it bad in general of what we're seeing right now, where now these social media platforms are becoming more market-based oriented. Again, on the opposite end, we have the business people that are trying to make a quick buck and they're going to produce the cheapest quality that doesn't work or breaks after like five days of usage. And it's like a knockoff, right? So there's going to be a whole spectrum of business type people. But in essence, I would say that a lot of the products has helped people because based on the reviews that you know people leave, uh, for the different product lines. So is that a good, good trend or is this, is this still something that we should limit marketing in general? Hmm. Um, I think we, 
it's a very I, gray line i think yeah i don't I, I don't like the idea of limiting all marketing yeah um well maybe in some cases i would think of some pretty broad <laughs> actually i think there you know there's like cities i think there's a city in brazil where they there's no um billboards or any kind of like mm-hmm. there's extreme limitations on signage and stuff mm-hmm. and the whole city just looks better and you know feels better to be in mm-hmm. um now i think the problem here is these companies make a good product mm-hmm. people enjoy them and depend on them mm-hmm. and then they degrade and decline and become worse because of this issue of copying mm-hmm. other platforms to try and get their users mm-hmm. um it now some of it uh could be sort of just evolutionary like business you know there's a sort of uh natural selection of businesses the survival mm-hmm. of the fittest in the business world and yes. a friend of mine actually pointed out this thing in biology uh in evolutionary theory called carcinization mm-hmm. and what happens there is that a in the ocean some creature will evolve into some kind of a crustacean mm-hmm. and everything that starts to take on the characteristics of a crustacean will immediately take on a form of something like a crab mm-hmm. because the characteristics of a crab are so good for that evolutionary mm-hmm. niche that once you start to get like a shellfish that moves around and things mm-hmm. like that it'll immediately evolve towards a crab and things like crab have evolved many times over again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's just like the most efficient the form configuration yeah yep and so some of that is happening where tech companies, if they're going into the same niche, then they're going to start doing the same things because they're going to do whatever it takes to get the users, you mm-hmm. know? So there is some of that, but unfortunately, I think there is some unfortunate like blind copying where mm-hmm. I do wish something like Instagram would say, you know, I wish it would be more about making the users happy. And some people think that even this is the, that same commenter from Hacker News that I pointed out earlier, Mm -hmm. they were pointing out that this could actually be sort of signaling a peak and a decline of this type of business. Mm -hmm. And that there is a broad feeling among Silicon Valley people that actually we should start moving toward things like subscriptions and things where users actually pay for Mm -hmm. the services they get, because then the businesses are incentivized to give them the services they want. Mm -hmm. If you're getting a free service and you're just being used for your data, the business is not incentivized to make you happy. Mm -hmm. They're incentivized to keep you on, or they're incentivized to even let you go if they can get more users elsewhere right and so that the incentive structure breaks down if you pay for a service that's where better incentives from businesses actually come from because you're the customer you're getting what you want well it's really hard to do um when you are subscription based and the reason why i say that is because look at netflix right mm-hmm. now netflix has had a beautiful run in the last decade or two 
it, it's grown to an astronomical amount up to what three four hundred dollars a share am i correct to say that i can't recall i don't remember i i i know it's it around 200 definitely around 200 a, a share and you know they, they totally just ousted blockbuster at least the environment allowed them to oust the blockbuster and blockbuster went bankrupt because of that mm-hmm. but now if we take a look at netflix as a company a lot of the user base has left now there's, there's multitude of reasons why you know people are not you know isolated anymore they're not in quarantine so they're outside more often so they cancel their subscription that could be one of the main causes of the decline in usage but what we do see at least to my understanding is that uh, even with a subscription base, you know, Netflix to appease to investors who are only seeking growth in companies, which is a huge issue, at least from my opinion. It's very hard to sustain that growth, especially when you become huge, like really big to the point where growing at, you know, 8%, 10%, 12% is nearly impossible year after year. And the only way that Netflix was able to maintain that growth in revenue is by putting in ads uh, within the video. Even though you pay for subscription, you're paying, what, $10, $15 a month for the subscription. Mm -hmm. You still aren't making enough for the investor for them to stay invested in your company. And so to appease to the investor themselves, the institutional investor or even the uh, personal investor, you, you got to show numbers. And I think this is where the issue comes in, in most marketing is that, you know, it, especially if you're a public company, you want to maintain uh, that growth so that more money piles in. And the day that you have low earnings, for instance, you know, there's a couple of companies right now that dropped 20%. Uh, look at Coursera, Coursera online education. I just read it today. They dropped 20% because two analysts says that, you know, they can't maintain their growth anymore. And so they downgraded the company and now people got scared and they just sold 20% drop in a day. That's huge. That that's more than corrective territory. That's like bear market territory for that one company. Right. And I think that's, that's a, a huge issue. So if we go towards the subscription based model, I can only figure that a lot of the subscription-based models in the future is going to follow what Netflix has done. And that's why I'm bringing this up. And and I don't know if there's a better way to market for that. I'm not too um, sure. So I hope we figure something out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely don't want to give up on the idea of moving away from ads. I think... Um, I mean, there's different issues. I mean, part of the issue is growth. Yeah. Why do we need growth? Why investors beg for growth? Yes. But um, not every business needs to cater to them. Not every business is actually going to have that much growth. You know, Netflix, Mm -hmm. I think, was overvalued. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I always thought Netflix was overvalued. People, Mm -hmm. I remember when, uh, I may have told this on the podcast before, but I remember years and years ago my dad was telling me netflix's market capitalization is more than disney and i just thought that's insane nonsense yeah that's and so netflix coming down like they're coming down to reality Mm -hmm. and for them to 
just do ads to make their product worse. This is an example of a broken incentive system. Yeah. You, what Netflix should do is, you know, they're going to have to create their own shows, right? Mm -hmm. Unless they can, um, you know, maybe they could have cut better deals with content creators in the past, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's behind them. Now uh, they have all these competitors, Disney Mm -hmm. and Google and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, even and, YouTube, YouTube is yeah. also a big competitor to Netflix right now. Yep, and I yep. don't see Netflix winning. No, I don't. So what? What are they gonna do? Putting ads in is like um, the last resort kind of thing. I feel. Yeah, and it's it's just gonna help them in the short term, kind of. You know, like I think um, at the end of the day, if the people who make the best content are not going to you. They used mm-hmm. to go to you, so you should have focused on maintaining that. Mm-hmm. Netflix should have focused on being the platform and giving the best deals they possibly could to mm-hmm. content creators that had the best stuff because for whatever reason, they squeezed them too hard and caused them to go put in all this work to build their own thing. Building something like Disney Plus took a ton of money and effort, but it was worth it to them because... Netflix wasn't giving them the deal that they needed. So Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix could have facilitated that, but now they have gone in the wrong direction and they're going to try and solve the problem by putting in ads. I don't think that's going to help. Well, just take a look at modern television, right? People Mm -hmm. don't buy cable anymore. People don't buy, uh, they're not watching TV on the antenna anymore because of all the commercials, right? And so they're they're transitioning. Look at newspapers. No one reads a newspaper. I still read a newspaper. I love reading a newspaper, but no one wants to read a newspaper anymore. Why? Because majority of newspapers and magazines are all ads, completely filled with ads. You probably out of the whole pile, you probably get like a good 10, 15 articles and that's it. But everything else is ads. And so, you know, why aren't people Mm -hmm. using billboards anymore? Because no one wants to see an ad. And so Netflix going in the ad realm is just really, I think it's hurting them. Um, and, and it, it, it sucks because even YouTube YouTube is doing ads now it's constantly doing ads right it used to be a 5 second ad now they have 15 second ads or unskippable ads right mm-hmm. and it, it's just at least from reading off the internet and what people feel about this they're getting a little irritated by it because YouTube is trying to make a profit for investors at least with Google they're trying to make a show that they're making a profit you know, I think there's a fine balance to, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that there is a fine balance to the tolerance of what we can handle for ads and when you're doing it too much. It's like back then, at least for my experience, I didn't mind the five second ads, right? I, I really didn't mind, you know, every 10 videos that I saw, I get one ad. Now I'm getting irritated. And I know I've been getting irritated a lot on this podcast with ads, but it's like every single YouTube video is an ad, right? There's always an ad either in the beginning, in the middle, or on the end. Something is with ads. And it's just getting really, really interesting, I would say. So shall we end it here today? Yeah, I think so. All right. So thank you everyone so much for listening to this podcast episode let us know what you think about ads in the marketplace uh is ads a good idea or a bad idea 
uh, leave it down in the comments below. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and or follow or leave us a critique uh, on the ideas of marketing. With that being said, Sean, remember, what is the term? Don't trade a dollar for a penny. <laughs> yes. Anyways, take care, everyone. Bye.